0: The following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm Chapter 34 The Wall Exhausted Hungry Naked Celeste was on the wall. Sometimes she would allow herself to hang in order to rest her legs, but it was never enough and the rusted cuffs of the manacles cut into her skin on her wrists, and the pain was always unbearable before very long, and so she would stand again, and this was some relief but it was fleeting, and soon she would have to hang again and bear it. Normally she was left alone in the room, and she used these times to find her center and pray and keep her head clear. At other times, goblins would enter the room, sometimes to water her, Sometimes to feed her, and sometimes they would come and pretend to stand guard, growling, staring at her, and she knew what they were thinking. But they never touched her. None laid a hand on her, but neither did they let her down. Something was about to happen, and on the third day, it did. Maruk had returned. He was by far the largest goblin that Celeste had ever seen, and yet she was shocked to see that he was accompanied by an even more massive goblin who wore a string of bones about his neck and who carried a huge, double-bladed sword on his back. This could only be their king. She had heard legends... But she had never believed them. She lifted her head to look only just a little, unwilling to let them know that she was awake. He was huge, and Maruk came up only to his shoulder. Even so, Maruk did not cower before him and spoke in a voice that showed he was in charge here. The king, Goblin... Looked over at her as Maruk went alongside her, picking her head up by the ear and growling something to the chieftain. Forced to look at him, feeling suddenly vulnerable before him on the wall, the woman's fear showed on her face, and it was all that she could do to fight it back. The goblin king moved closer to her, and each of his steps was heavy and intimidating. She could feel her heart beating, and she could feel her limbs trembling as he came close. She tried to speak, but then she stopped. There was nothing but terror left in her, and she knew that if she tried to use her voice, that only the deepest primal scream could any more issue from her lungs. She was breathing so hard now, like a small animal. The great goblin came even closer still, and he could hear her sounds, and he could see the rapid pumping of her heart through the skin on her chest. She heard him growl. It was low and guttural, and it penetrated her. Involuntarily, she began to whimper before him, and tears fell down her cheeks as she slowly shook her head, her mouth wide open as she squeezed her eyes shut and sobbed. With a and large enough to circle her skull. He grabbed her by the top of the head and forced it to the side. Grumbling, the king raked a single claw through her blonde hair until it fell away to reveal one small pink ear flushed red with fear one small pink rounded ear. The huge goblin let go of her and began to roar with rage. Maruk began to back away for the far wall, dropping the key and a bag of gold coins, which split when it hit the floor, and it spilled. Maruk continued talking, and although Celeste did not understand a word of it, the intention behind the king's angry rage was only too clear as he descended upon the other with unrestrained violence. She didn't see any more after that, for Celeste had squeezed her eyes closed, but the sounds of her captors screamed were impossible to shut out as they echoed through the dungeon. It is a testament to your bravery, travelers of the maze, that you have returned to this place once again. If you have not yet done so, visit the Iron Realm website at theironrealm.com or theironrealm.blogspot.com and subscribe to the RSS feed and join you as well as a follower of the blog. Never miss a single offering from the Realm again. And have you gotten your hands on Voices in the Void, a periodic newsletter for the Iron Realm podcast? Get the commentary And news on current and upcoming episodes from the realm. I'll see you there. (laughs) 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 The Iron Realm, copyright A. Lenzo as an extreme reimagining of the fantasy setting. Today's podcast features a selected audio by Kevin McLeod, which can be heard unedited and in full at incompetent.com. Further information can be found under this episode's summary at TheIronRound.com and TheIronRound.blogspot.com. Secrets of the Maze Master Master. Master. What follows on tonight's Secrets of the Maze Master is one episode of a seven-part series on character stats within the Iron Realm. They are not a part of the Character 8 game experience, but are given... As a reference to all those maze masters out there who may well be running their own solitaire games. Part 2 Strength A character's strength is predominantly used to determine a character's worth in melee combat. A character with a 3 or lower strength gets a minus three to hits and damage, while a four to five gives a minus two. A six to eight gives a minus one. Thirteen to fifteen gives a bonus of one. Sixteen to seventeen gives a bonus of two. Eighteen gives a bonus of three, while a nineteen strength gives a bonus of four to all hits and damage in melee combat. Strength may sometimes also apply when required to move heavy objects, break open doors, or free oneself when bound. Follow the Maze Master on Twitter. Or join the conversation at hashtag TheIronRealm learn of every show as soon as it is released. Stay connected with the living pulse of the realm in real time. The Maze Master is waiting. I'll see you there. Personas The youngest daughter of Hieronid Celeste on tonight's Iron Personas Sira, a Unime wizard, is level one and possesses four life points Strength twelve, dexterity eight, constitution ten, charisma twelve. Intelligence 16, Wisdom 10. Syra is 15 years old, born on the first day of Tetraris. She stands 4 foot 11 and weighs 98 pounds. For armor, she aspires to obtain an invisibility cloak. Her preferred weapon is the wizard's staff. Her homeland, the Iron Realm. Description. Cira has a somewhat wiry, yet pleasingly slender form. Cira has hair which is jet black almost to the point of being blue. Her eyes are colored iron, and her skin is silver white. Sira has a subdued two-inch horn, which is somewhat rounded at the point. She can often be seen wearing a short red Dress, though often she will conceal herself as well beneath flowing deep green robes. Personality The youngest of the Unime, Sira is cautious of those who are not of her kind. Even so, she is proud of her skills, having recently manifested the ability to summon a shield of force for her own protection. Sira prefers to interact with others one on one, and she is at her best when doing so. It is especially important to Sira to prove herself to her sisters, and this indeed is her driving motivation. Combat. Sira has taken to the staff, and she fights with it as well as if it were a sword. Sira competes with. Nora in hand-to-hand combat in an attempt to show her worth, but she is also trying to learn the wizard's style of combat, namely the strategy of attacking from afar. Sierra does not always abide by this best practice, and so she still takes chances and makes risky moves in melee, especially when she sees an opportunity that tempts her. Family. Sira has three older sisters, and together they are the daughters of Hyron and Celeste. Especially, Sira longs to see her mother again, to whom she had an especially close bond. In her absence, Sira has begun to rely heavily on her sisters for emotional support and for her own self-worth. Mostly, they encourage her with the hope of finding their mother again, although secretly Syra fears that she will never see her mother alive again. Should this happen, Syra fears that such an outcome would destroy her. Allies. Syra and her sisters sought the help of a human tribe and their friends. Mostly, Sira wants nothing to do with them, appreciating them more as a means to an end. They are human, as she is, but Sira does not trust them. However, she will do whatever they would have her do if it helps them find their mother again. If that venture is a success, Sira will decide then what measure of trust they have earned. Current. Under Nora's direction, the Unime have pledged themselves to stay with the tribes of Solas, Bardar, and Kai until they have recovered from the malady. As the days slip by, Cira feels pieces of herself continue to die, for she feels that their chances of finding Celeste lessen with every passing moment. She thinks often of her childhood. She was cradled and comforted within her mother's arms, and she would do anything, risk anything, to be in that place again. A special thank you to Blue Siren of Freesound.org for her stunning. Voice performance of Sira, the Unicorn Girl. Blue Siren, you are indeed amongst the greatest friends of the show. Be you well always in the light and in. Onyx Vault. For centuries, there have been rumors of its existence. I tell you now that it is not a myth. An impenetrable vault made of black onyx deep in the tunnels. Hidden, guarded, warded. Inside are held the most elusive treasures, the rarest treasures, reserved for the greatest friends of the show. Pre-release podcasts every month give our greatest defenders secret knowledge of the future. Forewarned of those events yet to come, before anyone else on the planet. Meanwhile, the Iron Realm Solitaire Essentials and Gaming Guide is a must-have for every fan of the dungeon setting with all the rules and advice you need to take your own Iron Realm campaign to the next level. Masterfully compiled and illustrated the Solitaire Essentials and Gaming Guide is ready to print, to hard copy, or download to your computer, laptop, or mobile device. Plus, who knows what other rare items and extras will be dropped into the Vault as time goes on. Get the key for those who have journeyed in the Iron Realm and wanted more. Rise to the call. Unlock the secrets of the Onyx Vault. Your long-awaited reward awaits. Get the key. Visit patreon.com slash the Iron Realm and to be you rewarded. Access to the Onyx Vault is a gift from your Maze Master in appreciation for exemplary support of the Iron Realm. I thank you for your generosity and for your brave exploits in defense of the Iron Realm. Tribal Matters The tribes have been forced to abandon their position at the Moss Lichen Room, for they fear that their location has been betrayed to the Goblin Tribe. And so, they are making their way to a secret location in the maze, guided by the unimei who have walked that way before. It is 5.20pm on the twelfth day of Primaris, level Alpha-1 of the maze, position thirty-eight twenty-two. <coughs> they are sick, and due to fatigue, starvation, and a lack of water, their move has been slowed to a mere ten feet. Many of their number have been nearly incapacitated by the malady, and so are either being carefully carried by their companions, or else tied onto the backs of their goblin captives. Temek the Halfling is catatonic, while Kaylana, Stockholm, Barda, Orson, Iona, and Payola are in a delirious, hallucinogenic state, whilst the Unime are themselves showing the first signs of the sickness, a rising fever and a raw cough. The entire group suffers a minus two from lack of food and water, while all those suffering the malady take an additional minus one. Sira's invisible shield has expired, and otherwise, the following spells have been memorized. Amazar, Door Denial, Lilena, Sea Magic, Orson, Invisible Shield. Further, these of the group have been wounded. Solus, five out of eight... Treya, four life points out of five. Stockholm, nine out of ten. Temek four out of six. Iona, four out of eight. Paola, three out of eight. Nora, five out of nine. And Twyla, three out of six. And as if their situation were not sufficiently dire, a group of kobolds is on the approach, Tracking towards the group's location. There is no way to avoid them, for they are encumbered by their unconscious companions and badly slowed by their own pitiable state. I'm checking the current distance of the kobolds 60 feet i up going to allow the group a listen check to see if they are aware. Treya and Lilena, also Kana. Lilena and Kana's keen ears realize that the cobalts are coming before they arrive. They quickly warn the others, which at least allows them to be ready with their weapons. It is Lilena who passes word to Nora and Twyla at the front. The Unime are marching forward, threatening the goblin captives ahead of them with their weapons. But then they signal the goblins to stop. Solus has just enough time to lay Stockholm down against the wall before moving to the front to join Nora. Together, they take a position just behind and just between the two frontmost captive goblins. Shortly later, when the dogmen arrive, they are shocked to find themselves faced with two fully armed and armored warriors who seem to have with them a huge attack force. Kobolds are dressed in rags and armed with spears, and immediately Solus and Nora know that they have the advantage. You'd better get out of here, says Solus. There are more of us than you, and we're stronger than you, so tuck your tails and run. Solus is getting a plus one for his charisma, but also a minus two for the Kobolds hate humans and further do not understand his words reaction. With penalties, the roll is a two. The Kobolds have decided to attack. Round one, the tribe. A four, the Kobolds. A five. They charge in with their spears, but each is taking a minus four penalty to hit, for the Goblin captives in the front provide nearly impassable cover as Solas and Nora take full advantage. Solus has an armor value of 3. Two of the kobolds attempt to strike him with their spears. And each needs a 20. Two failures. The remaining kobold also needs a 20 against Nora's armor value of 2. An 11 failure. These kobolds have an armor value of 7. Solus is extremely strong, yet this is countered by his penalties for thirst and starvation and he must take an additional minus four for trying to strike the kobold, who likewise gets cover from the goblin captive. He needs a sixteen. A seven. Nora suffers similarly. She needs an eighteen. Twelve. Not enough. Round two, the kobolds. A four. Solus and Nora. A three. Two kobolds against Solus, needing a twenty failure. And one against Nora, also needing a twenty. Eighteen. Good, but not good enough. Solus stabs back with his two-handed sword, needing a sixteen. A one. The Goblin in front of him has interfered with Solus's attack and somehow knocked the sword from Solus's hand at a critical moment. Solus cannot attack this round or next. Nora needs an eighteen, five, she fails again, and there is no room for anyone else to squeeze through and help them. Round three, the kobolds, a five, Nora, a two. As Solas fumbles for his sword, all three kobolds attempt to hit Nora. Seventeen and eighteen, not enough to hit Nora nine points of damage is dealt to the captive goblin He falls in a heap on the ground having breathed his last. With the goblin on the ground, Nora now only needs a 16. 19. She deals a point of damage to the kobold but does not slay it. Round four, the tribe. A one, the cobalts. A five. One cobalt goes against Solus and needs a twenty. An eleven. And two against Nora. She has less cover now, and so they need only a nineteen to strike her. Not enough. Solus has recovered his sword and stabs past his captive, but the cobalts are too quick nora tries to finish off the kobold that she hit before a 16 is just enough she deals at another point of damage which slays it round five kobolds a six nora and Solus. a five kobolds have a bravery of six and they must test now they have rolled an eight as quickly as they can The kobolds retreat, whilst the tribes take a moment to regroup. Fifteen level points for the level point pool. Under the circumstances, the fight was much harder than it otherwise would have been, and the goblin in the front is infuriated that his brother was slain. Even so, the group takes time to recover the gear that the dead goblin was carrying, which they add to two large sacks, and which is now tied up onto Solus's back before he recovers the dwarf. The dead kobold is likewise tied to Nora's back, using some of Kana's rope to do the job. This takes a full twenty minutes to accomplish. Another roaming creature's check is required. A six. The group succeeds in this action, and by 5.40, they are moving in the maze again. It isn't far, says Nora. The secret way is ahead. And as they get closer, the group takes time to blindfold the goblins, for they cannot be allowed to see the secret. Nearly overburdened, and moving very slowly, some additional dice rolls into the maze. At 4123, another threat is indicated. The secret door is only 50 feet away, and yet weighed down by the bodies of their own companions and suffering badly from food, thirst, and sickness. Can the group ever hope to reach it? Tune in next time, fellow travelers and find what faces them next in the dark. And until then, play hard, or go home! Iron Realm! Will they make it to the secret door in time? Ha 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 ha